Skull Rock Podcast is brought to you by the generosity of the following companies. Sure, sound extraordinary. To podcasters, recording musicians, and streamers who are looking for studio quality audio at home or on the road, the Sure MV7 Podcast Kit is a premium all-in-one solution inspired by the legendary Shure SM7B and is designed to address the versatility required by modern creators. For more on the Shure MV7 Podcast Kit, visit Shure.com, S-H-U-R-E.com, or click the link in our show notes. Shure, sound extraordinary. And by The Old Mill Press, publishing beautifully crafted books that illuminate our world. To learn more, visit TheOldMillPress.com. And by listeners like you. Podcast talking all things Disney with your hosts L. John Go and Dave Bossert. Welcome once again to Skull Rock Podcast, the show about all things Disney and pop culture. Every week, we take you behind the scenes of some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, performances, books, music, as well as what's streaming, what's showing in theaters, and what's going on in the whole multiverse of entertainment. Hello, it's L. John Go. Long time. Disney, Marvel, Star Wars fan, pop culturist, and musician. And you can email me, Aljon, A-L-J-O-N, at SkullRockPodcast.com. And I'm Dave Bossard. I'm melting like an ice cube in the triple-digit weather here in Los Angeles. <laughs> and uh, welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can also email me at Dave at SkullRockPodcast.com. Al John, it's a broiler here this weekend in Los Angeles. I mean, triple digit weather. Um, I saw somebody post a uh, photo of their car temperature gauge uh, that showed the outside temperature at 116 degrees. Oh, have mercy how's that huh that is that is insane you know the last time i felt weather like this is when i was doing the uso tours and i was in the middle east middle right? east i was in the middle east doing yeah. the uso tours yeah. and i think i i was in qatar at the time mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know and it was super super hot like it, it was blazing hot we got off yeah, the plane that, i mean those areas get like 120 125 degrees oh yeah oh yeah to- totally so it's like here uh, how often does it reach that that type of temperature there in your neck of the woods and you know California? it's been more frequent but we always get you know a little run of uh, of a heat wave here and mm-hmm. there uh during the summers mm-hmm. uh it seems a little early i think mm-hmm. uh cuz typically it's usually august september where we get these kinds of triple ditch triple digit heat waves yeah well i hope uh i hope you get some respite soon uh i'd hate for there to be a heat wave and then all of a sudden forest fires break out and all kinds of stuff happens so well there's raging fires everywhere yeah Uh, that's the crazy thing you know there's a huge fire going on in southern yosemite park threatening the mariposa grove there's there's fires all around europe in uh Mm -hmm. in southern france uh, Mm -hmm. and other areas I mean, it's just really terrible. Mm. So it's a hot summer. It is. It's a scorcher. But uh, I tell you what, um, we do appreciate you 
uh, taking the time to listen to our show and subscribing to our show on all those podcast platforms. And uh, hopefully you're part of the unaffected uh, section, um, you know, and we just hope that uh, people still try to find ways to keep cool and keep their pets nice and cool during these long uh, summer summers, heated summers. You definitely don't want to be leaving anything in the car for sure. No, not at all. And I will tell you that uh, the best way to stay cool is to listen to the Skull Rock podcast <laughs> in an air-conditioned uh, environment. That's right. Be cool. Uh, <laughs> be cool like that. Yes. Uh, we have an awesome show lined up for you. Our our guest for today is literally just all over the place in terms of voiceover, uh, David Kay. And uh, we, you haven't worked with David, but man, his resume is huge. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, we were joking when we were looking at his resume that if we rattled off every show that he did voiceover for or character voice for, um, we'd uh, basically finish the list and say goodbye to him because we would have used up the entire interview. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that, that, that's how enormous his, his resume is. But just to hit a few, uh, he, he voiced uh, one of the... Um, the uh i guess it is it a god yeah it's just uh, yeah, one, one of the one, one of the, the gods in marvel's yeah. the eternals right yeah yeah exactly he's airship the yeah yeah and, and he also did uh he did some voice work in he-man transformers ratchet and clank mm -hmm. uh and so much more i mean it's just really uh it, it's going to be a fun interview with him i can't wait till we get to it yeah he's a fan favorite for sure and alongside david k we also have got some entertainment news for you but uh before we get into that dave we always talk about what we've been watching and streaming over this past week and you finally went and saw Love and Thunder, Thor, and the latest. Uh, I I latest did. Marvel. I saw. Uh, I saw Thor. Uh, uh, is it Love and Thunder or Thunder and Love? It's it's Thor. Love and Thunder. Lunder, love and thunder. <laughs> lunder. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like love and uh, it's like yeah, breakfast it's, and lunch. It's, it's thumb and uh, lunder. Uh, anyway, uh, I did see Thor on an IMAX screen, yeah. and I thought it was a terrific movie. Yeah. You know, I I I didn't think it was as strong as Ragnarok. Yeah, uh, but uh, I still thought it was a very good movie, and I really enjoyed it. And you know what? There's a lot of laughs in there. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's really terrific. So I I thought this was kind of their take on a, uh, a, a kind of like a romance um you know marvel has a way of tackling genre films uh Absolutely. whether it's uh, the spy genre with like a winter soldier or uh, the heist of like an ant-man but then you have something like this which is kind of like that romantic comedy yeah it it, it, it is a little bit of a rom-com yeah a little rom-com because you can see the the kind of quirkiness in there. And even though it deals with a lot of heavy, you know, heavy situations that our characters undergo uh -huh. without spoiling it, I feel like that's some people deal with tragedy or, or painful experiences like that with levity. Um, and I, I totally get that. Not everybody deals with the levity in the same way. I, um, I, I did still find some of the language a little bit sophomoric, but you know, other than that, I think uh, it was it was pretty entertaining from head to toe, and I just wish that we got more. I feel like we could have the there are places where I, I could have gotten a little bit more of a breather to have more character exploration there. Yeah. I, by the way, I thought Christian Bale was absolutely terrific uh, uh, as the villain. Mm -hmm. uh, I also uh, thought uh, Russell Crowe was nearly unrecognizable. He's uh, hilarious. You know, he he's just gotten big. That guy. 
Uh, he plays the god Zeus. Uh, well, I think that was padded. <laughs> I think that was totally. Do, do you think so? I don't know. I think man, so. I think so. I mean, you know, maybe. All right. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, you know, Russell Crowe. I think takes really good care of himself. I don't think he let himself go. Like you know, because I mean, I think that's the whole point of that was that the quote unquote gods with a little G. Uh, kind of let themselves go it's like they don't really care they just live this dionysian type type of lifestyle and they just they don't care about the people that worship them or they don't care about the yeah. the people that they left in their charges they just say okay we're just here to party you know so yeah and, and by the way thor's friend uh uh voiced by watiki yeah yeah uh, is absolutely Korg. terrific oh Cork is great I, yeah i i just love that character i think he's fantastic I, I, I love the fact that he is the narrator, not just for the people in the film, but for us. Yeah. And he is the perfect person to tell the story. It's kind of like, you know, Ant-Man and he has his uh, sidekick friend, you know, that runs the 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 fence operation. Yeah. And he's always talking in real fast. It's like, oh, did you hear about this? And this is the recap of this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, this is Korg. But it's just yeah. done in Korg. It's such, I think it's, I think it's fun. And I think people give it a lot of flack because maybe it doesn't live up to their expectations, but you know, uh, I still think they're doing great work at, at Marvel yeah. Studios. So, the, the other film I went to see uh, was in the theater uh, was where the Crawdads sing, uh-huh. uh, and, and I had read the book, okay, uh, which I really enjoyed. I have to say, I really enjoyed the book a lot, uh, and I liked the movie. Uh, I, th- I thought the movie was uh, was uh, fairly uh, true to the book. Um, uh, and, you know, look, I didn't think it was great, uh, but I thought it was worth seeing. The cinematography is beautiful. Uh, and uh, the characters, uh, the main actors, not as much chemistry as you'd like. Uh, but uh, it was it was still uh, an enjoyable film. The one criticism I have to tell you, Al John, mm-hmm. the opening of the movie, they follow a bird flying along. And it's it's sort of a great opening because you're in the marshes, supposedly of North Carolina, even though it was shot in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. But you're in the you're in the marshes uh, on the coast of North Carolina where the story takes place in the fictional town of Barkley Cove. Uh, and they follow this this sort of crane like bird. Uh, that flies along until you get to uh, Kaya, the main character that the story revolves around. You get to her home in in the marsh. Uh, And I have to tell you, they did a terrible job with the CG bird. Oh, no. You know, it was just fake looking. (laughs) It really was. It was fake looking. And And at this point in time, it should have been flawless. You should not have the audience going, eh, is that real or is that a computer generated bird? Mm. Because that's what I was doing, you know? And even though I have a little bit more of a critical eye, I still think they could have done a better job on that. So that that's my criticism of it. Other than that, I, I did enjoy the film. Uh, I think it's worth seeing if you either get a chance to see it in the theaters or you see it on a streaming service in a couple of months. The other movie I saw was Bob's Burgers, the movie. Yeah. And I watched that on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I uh, I really enjoyed that. I mean, I'm a fan of Bob's Burgers. So uh, seeing a movie, uh, you know, a 90 minute movie uh, of all those characters was just a lot of fun. It moved along uh, a lot of laughs in there. The writing is brilliant, like it is in the TV show. So that's worth seeing. Also, um, I saw a series I've been watching called Dark Wind. Yeah, it's on. It's on AMC Plus, but you can also pay to watch it on Amazon Prime. Yep. Uh, and this is a really terrific film. The executive producers are Robert Redford. Uh, and I should say not film, but this is a really terrific series. Um, the executive producers are Robert Redford and uh, George R.R. R. Martin. Wow. Uh, of Game of Thrones. Heavy hitters. Uh, you know, author. Uh, so what's, uh, what, what's also interesting about this series is that it's probably the only series where there is mostly a native American cast. Mm-hmm. There's mostly native American behind the camera, writers, directors, mm. producers, Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't often see that. And this takes place on a Navajo reservation. Wow. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really a, it's a crime murder drama, uh, really well done so far. I'm really enjoying it. I would recommend it highly. That's great. And I've also watched the first, uh, the first season, not the entire season, but the first couple episodes of season one of Succession. Ah, okay, yeah. Which, which is really good, and I'm sure people out there are going, "Duh, uh, we've been watching that since it's come on, and it's fantastic." But uh, I have to say, uh, I had not had a chance to watch this one, so I'm catching up on it. It's really great. Uh, really nice. enjoyable, great cast of characters. Uh, Kieran Culkin uh, is hilarious uh, okay. in this. Uh, really uh, plays a uh, uh, wickedly funny uh, character. That's awesome. Well, what, that's a that's a serious list of stuff, Dave. And yeah, I know. I, yeah, I've got to put some in my queue. You know, I think uh, Dark Wind looks really, really intriguing, and I think Bob's Burgers is in my queue, and I'm going to watch that hopefully this week along with Beavis and Butthead because okay, yeah, I got to watch dropped. some animation. I couldn't yeah. believe that they had another Beavis and Butthead. Where was I? Uh, where was I when they they dropped mm-hmm. that? Um, f- that's awesome. So for me, um, I I delved back into the Orville this week and mm. I can't tell you I even got Kristen my wife to watch it the this show is absolutely amazing you know what I love about science fiction um, is the fact that it takes real life situations that we find ourselves in and the backdrop happens to be science fiction and you know spaceships and aliens and everything but at the heart of it it's about the questions you pose as a human being, your place in the world, what happens when this stuff happens and how do other people uh, are affected and how do you, how do you respond to those type of things? And this season is probably the best season of, of, of science fiction I've seen in a long time. I mean, it's Seth MacFarlane he's handling it and he's got, you know, some humor in there, but They've really found their legs. I hope Netflix or I hope uh, Hulu is able to renew them for another season because this is some of the best music and the best uh, special effects and, and, and creature effects. But my God, the stories are so good, Dave. 
It's so that's good. awesome. That's um, awesome. I, I I watched a few episodes of the first season and I haven't gone back to it yet, but I want to. Well, so yeah. what and what season are they on now? Three. Three. Okay. Yeah, there it's you go. Three. Now, uh, they've taken the time during the pandemic in its uh, two year hiatus, I think, to really sharpen some things. If you were to start at midway point of season two and go into season three, which is very short, they're only like eight to 10 episodes per season. You're going to love it because a lot of the humor and stuff that they thought they were going to do, which was like, Oh, we thought it was going to be like family guy in outer space has completely been um, kind of changed around. And and they've, they've really found their legs and their storytelling is just amazing. So um, please give it a shot. The other one that I've seen, which is super disturbing. (laughs) I say that every week almost because we're fans of crime documentaries is we saw the girl in the picture on Netflix. And this is another highly rated, critically acclaimed documentary. It's about a young mother's mysterious death and her son's subsequent kidnapping blow opened a decades long mystery about the woman's true identity. And let's see the murderous federal fugitive at the center of everything. And it's disturbing of what happened to this child and how she ended up growing up and, and how the people pursuing this fugitive will, wouldn't rest until he was found, even decades and decades and decades later. And they finally were able to put things to rest. But uh, this is an amazing film. I, I, I hope people kind of get to, to check out this documentary and um, you know find out that it's a story of incredible strength, but also a story of, of just you know how twisted human beings can get. And uh, yeah, I, I saw I saw this on Netflix and uh, sort of like the preview for it. it. It actually looked really good. So I'm glad that you saw it and uh, are speaking highly of it. Yeah, I, I think it's worth watching. And, and like I said, it's uh, it's admirable that these people just did not stop until they were able to find what happened. And uh, it is a tragedy, but I think it just says that, you know, a lot of these people, law enforcement, you know, who find these, um, these cold cases or, or find these cases, they're haunted by these images and they just will work tirelessly to see that justice uh, happens. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it's great. I can't speak about it, um, enough. So it's great. And that's all I've got this week. <laughs> wow. That, that's, uh, well, there's a lot of stuff for people to think about and so much, but I tell you what, we've got some really great news to talk about. So let's do it. Skull Rock Podcast, ripped from the headlines. It's Skull Rock Podcast headline news. Dave, you and I both enjoyed Loki yes. on Disney Plus, and they're working on season two right now, but it looks like there was a little bit of a leak about a brand new actor being called in to join the cast, Raphael Casal, who is really? known for 2018's Blind Spotting, joined the cast of Loki for season two before he was officially announced. We see him on set with Tom Hiddleston who plays Loki, uh, Loki, the titular character, as well as Owen Wilson, Mobius, who's one of my favorite new Marvel characters, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, are you familiar with Raphael Cassel? I have seen him in some things. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Why? So Yeah. So uh, apparently he's uh, there's not an announcement as to what character is going to play. I'm sure they're keeping it very close to the vest, but it's rumored to be playing a Marvel character by the name of Zaniac, a Thor villain from the 80s who can make knives out of pure energy. 
those who spirit possessed Jack the Ripper as Jack the Ripper. Uh, he's had uh, run-ins with Shang-Chi, Athena from the Eternals, and even Captain America and Bucky, the Winter Soldier. So uh, it looks like uh, him being thrown into the mix uh, should lead for a very interesting uh, season two of Loki, which I'm very glad that they're doing because he's one of my favorite characters, him and Sylvie both. So uh, looking forward to season two. That's awesome. Yeah. So have you heard that uh, Disney is doing a live action version of Lilo and Stitch? I am not surprised by that. <laughs> it says uh, the live action Disney taps Marcel the Shell with shoes director, director with shoes on director uh, Dean Fleischer to camp uh, to direct. So a Dean Fleischer camp found his next project. He's been tapped to direct the live action adaptation of the animated classic Lilo and Stitch. Um, and Dan Lin and Jonathan Atrick of Rideback are producing. So, yeah, I'm sure you're not surprised. Everything that they've done in animation, they're trying to do a live-action version of it. Um, I don't know. I think I think this is going to be interesting. Uh, I, I feel that Disney live-action... If you will, I mean, it's not exactly live action. If you look at the Lion King, it's all CG. But uh, I thought it was is pretty good. I mean, uh, I haven't really really talked about Disney live action reboots uh, with you, Dave. Uh, how do you feel about this whole um, churning? Listen, I, into I, live I've action? seen some of them, and I others I haven't seen. Uh, I would say that you know what I've always said to people. Uh, you know, some people hate this. Some people, you know, feel like, you know, why are you just, you know, churning stuff that's already been done? Uh, my sense is, is that they're taking great stories that have resonated with audiences and they're rebooting them in a different medium. Uh, and it's, it's no different than taking the Lion King and putting it on uh, a Broadway stage. Uh, and then doing the uh, super realistic CG version of it that shot, you know, uh, uh, almost in the wild, uh, even though it wasn't mm -hmm. uh, the, um, you know, all I can say is that they're taking beloved stories and they're creating a new uh, way for audiences to enjoy those stories if they choose to. And that's the big, the, the big thing here is that it's giving an audience a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if somebody loves the animated Lilo and stitch and is pissed off, they're doing a live action movie. Well, don't, don't go see it, mm -hmm. you know, but um, plenty of other people are going to go see it. Yeah. So I, I just sit there and say, why not, you know, uh, extend these properties into other channels. Um, you know, they're, they're taking animated films, they're making uh, Broadway shows of them. They're doing stage productions at the parks. Uh, they're doing uh, theme park attractions. They're making books. They're doing records. They're doing games. You know, why not do a live action version? Mm -hmm. You know, that's all I, I, I would say about it. You yeah, know, I think, and, yeah. you know, if they're done really well, people are going to go see them. If they're not done well, then, you know, really the only reason why the company continues to do this is because the previous ones have done so well. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense to me. And, I mean, and yeah. so the people grumbling about this, you know, listen, you know, you're a very small group that are grumbling about it because there's a tremendous amount of people going to the theaters to see these films. It's like anything else, 
right? I mean, you know, uh, people grumble about Star Wars at the end of the day. They're making money off of Star Wars, and the people that dig it, dig it. And the same goes for this. I mean, I enjoyed Cinderella and Maleficent and... uh, I really like Maleficent. Maleficent. I thought that was, was great. You know, Maleficent was great because it wasn't a remake of Sleeping Beauty. It was a, it was taking a character from sleep from the animated Sleeping Beauty and telling us her story. I think it added a lot of dimension, and I think yeah. um, I thought the Beauty and the Beast live action was very much like the stage musical inspired. Right. You know, and I thought yeah. it was great. The casting had been great. So, and I enjoyed The Lion King too. I mean, for, for what it was. I, and even uh, Lady and the Tramp for Disney Plus, I thought that was charming. Well, you know, so. Listen, you know, John Favreau did the, uh, the uh, Jungle Book, mm-hmm. uh, Jungle Book and yep. then wound up doing uh, The Lion King. And I, I was blown away by The Jungle Book. Yeah. And I was equally blown away by The Lion King. And you know what? John Favreau. Uh, as a filmmaker, uh, uh, really uh, uh, maintained the integrity of those properties. I mean, Lion King is nearly identical to the animated film. It's yeah, just, frame by frame. Uh, you know, a different visual. Yeah, I think uh, and as long as you have filmmakers that I think have the, the, the love for the property and have done their homework and everything. I think that's, that's what it's all about. You, you're, you're telling great compelling stories. Absolutely. So we'll see how this uh, unfurls, you know, we'll see. I, I always give that stuff a chance. So, especially because I'm a, a big Lilo and stitch fan. I love that film. Yeah. So having said that uh, the Disney princesses, the concert is going to be happening at the D 23 expo. You can count on that. The other thing you can count on is the fact that there's going to be a whole lot of music going to be released um, in celebration of that. So there's a pop-up shop for the Disney Emporium for this year's show floor that's going to be presented on September 9th, 10th, and 11th, all three days of the Expo. They'll be offering 24 um, 24 new offers and 10 new titles exclusive to this. So if you're a vinyl collector like I am, you can collect these uh, vinyl offerings from Encanto, Enchanted, Hocus Pocus, Mini Lo- Lo-Fi, and The Mandalorian Season 1, plus more. Guess who purchased part of this vinyl collection will also receive a gift with purchase, which is a limited edition Disney Movie Club collectible pennants while supplies last. And I love the Emporium for the Disney vinyl. And we've got a few of them here, as well as some classic vinyls I put in the kids' room. Um I love how Disney does this. I wish they would do more. <laughs> I love their vinyls. And of course the Disney princess concert as well. I mean, I think the, the D 23 expo is just about sold out. So get your tickets while you can. Well, I, I understand that it's uh, I like tickets aren't available for Saturday. Oh no. Yeah. Those and, sold out. And, and, I mean, that's sold out. So I would think by now it's probably completely sold out. Yeah. It's, it's, or, it's or, or close to it. Absolutely. Dave, have you ever watched Dancing with the Stars? I have. In fact, I did work on Dancing with the Stars for ah, a couple of seasons. I was going to say, did you do the Disney the Disney nights yeah. where they're doing the uh-huh. montages? Yeah, and yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. My uh, special projects group, we supplied uh, all the animation elements that they were using uh, in the Disney shows each season. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I can't yeah. wait to talk to you about that at some point. But uh, working with Dancing with the Stars, you know, Tyra Banks returns to the ballroom as host and executive producer of the show, along with new co-host, my man, Alfonso Ribeiro. I love Alfonso. He is so great. And so uh, we have the renowned ballroom experts, Len Goodman, Carrie Ann Inaba, Bruno Tinioli, and Derek uh, Huff with uh, 
those are those are returning as well and alfonso is such a great uh, a great personality he's been working with disney for many years now of course you know alfonso from the fresh prince of bel-air um so yeah, I think people people know and love him. He's been a game show host for them for many years. So he is now in the co-hosting seat. So uh, you see here, Alfonso. He's, he's ter- you know he's really terrific, and he's such a likable presence. Yeah, you know that 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 that, that he just makes me smile. Uh, absolutely, I think the pairing of him and Tyra Banks is great anyway, because Tyra is just a, a great personality anyway. And, and this new season is the first time it's on Disney Plus. They absolutely, moved it to Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe thirty-three seasons of the show, Dave? It's unbelievable. I mean, talk about milking it, man! <laughs> they are absolutely doing yeah. it. Who but was it, the previous host? Uh, that was um. Oh my goodness me. Um. How oh, how soon we forget, right? I know because, uh, because he he hosted America's Funniest Videos for a uh, for a long time. Didn't yeah, he? absolutely. Uh, that was oh come on, come on! I know I'm going to edit <laughs> this out. Um, Tom Bergeron, Tom Bergeron. There you yeah. go. And he was also the uh, the host for the D23 Expo for a number of years as well during yeah. Legends Night, but. Uh, you know, is, I like what, what, where is he now? Is he just gone? Is he retired? Is uh, he I think so. I think he I think he he decided to to retire. There may have been a little something, something happened, but I, I don't think it was, you know, it's one of those things where they just quietly just parted ways. But uh, he was host of the Hollywood Squares from 98 to 2004 and Funniest Home Videos from 2001 to 2015 and 2005 to 2019 for Dancing with the Stars, Tom Bergeron. Wow. So, it you know, he's he's gone. I know Tyra's been there for, I think, last season on ABC and now with, uh, you know, now we have Alfonso Rivero. So wow. there you go. Uh, the Carlton, if you will. Um, uh, last but not least, Dave, uh, we've got a little bit of a price hike. Uh, actually, this is the second to last story. Um, ESPN is going to increase pricing as they do by another three bucks. So there you have that's, it. That's for the individual service, right? I think so. Or, or, or are they passing that into the bundle as well? It says here, starting August 23rd, price of ESPN plus will go up to $9.99 per year, per month. And the subscription price will rise to $99.99 per year. Currently, those prices are $6.99 and $69.99, respectively. So, yeah, they're going up to the full $9.99 monthly. At this time, the change won't affect the price of the Disney bundle or the UFC pay-per-view events on ESPN+, Plus, which is good because that's what I watch. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I have to tell you, I wish they just had a Disney Plus and Hulu bundle. Yeah. But they don't. Yep. You know, they, they, they gotta, they gotta get in that, that extra revenue for that. that I, service. I, I know, but it's like, I, I don't watch I don't, sports. I really. don't watch anything on ESPN. Really? Yeah. No, I don't watch anything on ESPN. Uh, except you for know, U- I mean, UFC. I, I watch hockey games, uh, you know, during the hockey season, uh, and, uh, occasionally formula one races. Hey, you know? that's good. And stuff, by the way, Dave, good both, stuff. Uh, both are, are at the, at the opposite ends of the viewing spectrum because formula one is great great on television uh-huh whereas hockey is really great live this is true this is true you know? so and wait you okay the, you got the nashville predators of course and you know it's free agency yeah. right now so we're rocking and rolling but let me ask you this we haven't <laughs> talked about hockey uh are you the are you an anaheim ducks fan or an la kings fan 
Uh, you know something? I'm uh, I'm more of a, uh, a New York Rangers fan. Ah, I do it. I do it. I do it. But 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 for a number of years, I actually had partial season tickets to the Kings, mm-hmm. and it was during a period like it was a slump. It was before they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, when they were really they weren't even playing as good as college hockey. Uh, and I, I have to tell you, I would drive down to the Staples Center, which is now, I think, the crypto arena or some, right. something like that. Yeah. But but the uh, Staples Center, I would drive down there. And, you know, if I had tickets to a game during the week, the traffic was brutal. It, was brutal. it would often take me an hour and a half to get to the Staples Center from my home. Of course. And then, and then, I'd pay $25 then Mm -hmm. for parking. It's probably 30 or $35 now Mm -hmm. uh, to park. And then once I was in the, uh, in the arena, you know, a hot dog and a beer, you know, it it was like another, you know, $25, of course, you know, and then I had great seats. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, uh, I was on a corner and I could, and, and I was high enough. So I was above the glass mm-hmm. and I could really had a great view of the whole, you know, of, of the ice. And, uh, I tell you, it, it was great seeing those games live, but it just became just too it's, much. It's brutal, you know, with all the traffic and driving and this and that. And I, yeah. I eventually gave up the tickets. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, you know, cause you're already there They're you know, three and a half hour games, you know, you're sitting there all night and then you, yeah. you get home super late. If you're, you know, still, you know, trying to drive home, you know, getting yeah, there. I is- mean, the dri- drive home, let, to, just to tell you the difference, the drive home was 35 minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I getting mean- there was like, oftentimes it was an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have been two hours because of an accident or something. Exactly. Yeah. That's just brutal, but I'm glad we're having this hockey talk. I had a, I had a few, uh, inklings that you were a Rangers fan, you know? So, yeah, good, you good know, times. I root for the whole hometown. Of team, course, of you course know? you do. Well, yeah. anyway, um, on the last of it, you know, we do have a regret for this week. Uh, Don Graham music promoter pioneer dies at 87. He helped start tower records, looked, uh, worked for Warner Brothers, A&M Records, promoted Ed Burns and Connie Stevens, Kooky Kooky, Lend Me Your Comb. And uh, so Don Graham is legendary, Dave. Yes, um, he was a legendary promoter. Absolutely. I think um, uh, one of the things is is great and notable is that Graham moved to Los Angeles in 62 and joined Herb Alpert and Jerry Moss start A&M Records. Mm. which is amazing. In A&M, you know, you've produced uh, artists like Ike and Tina Turner and Janet Jackson yeah. over the years and Sergio Mendez. I mean, they were just heavyweights. But uh, I think the thing about him is being a promoter. I think people will remember him uh, for doing all these legendary rock concerts and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. But once what again, a life. What, what, a, life. A, what a life. What a life indeed. Hey, well, before, we, before we go on to our guests, I do want to mention... Uh, I, I stumbled across this, uh, Andreas Deja, yes, legend. who's, you know, legendary animator, uh, from Disney, uh, and a friend, uh, you know, he, he worked on who framed Roger Rabbit. He, he did the car. He did Roger Rabbit. He did, uh, he created scar, uh, animated scar, uh, and Jafar, uh, just to name a few. Uh, and uh, he helped curate a, uh, museum exhibit. In Arlington, Texas. Wow. It's the Arlington, Texas um, 
museum is doing a curated show, Disney art from private collections. Uh, and Andrea shares what to look for at art uh, at, uh, at the Disney art from private collections, which is on view at the Arlington Museum of Art in Arlington, Texas. Uh, and, you know, Andres is, is terrific. He's not only uh, an incredible artist animator, uh, but very knowledgeable on the history of animation and animation art. So I just want to give a shout out to that. Um, if people are in the Arlington, Texas area uh, and want to see this show, it runs through the end of September. That's awesome. He is a legend. I think I saw him get inducted at D23 a number yeah. of years back and, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, yep. it's great. So please check it out. Uh, he's funny, but his uh, private art collection, it's not every day you get to see his private art collection on display. So if you're in the area, check it out and let us know how it is. If you happen to go see it, email us and we'd be happy to share your thoughts on the exhibit in a future episode. Absolutely. I, I'm going to have to reach out to him and see if we can get him on our show. Too. I love that so much. He's just yeah. a wonderful, wonderful person. So anyway, and now we're off to our featured interview for this week. In the waiting room, in the green room, is David K, voice actor. Enjoy. Skull Rock Podcast. Interview time. Well, Al John, once again, uh, we've got a fantastic guest, David K, who's a Canadian voice actor. And he's really best known for animation roles such as Megatron uh, in the Transformer series. Uh, but he's also uh, does narration. Uh, he's the announcer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which is on HBO, which is a fantastic show. Uh, he's also done the Celestial uh, Asham in the Marvel Cinematic Universe film El uh, Eternals. I almost said Elements, Eternals. <laughs> but anyway, welcome, David Kay, to the Skull Rock Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, it's actually, I'm, uh, what, do, what do they call me? I'm, uh, I'm American-Canadian, so because I, I have the official, I have the, I have the, uh, the passport. Oh, fantastic. Uh, years ago, yeah. It, because, and just, just a quick thing about that, it wasn't until... When I came out of the convention center in Los Angeles with the, you know, the American flag and I said, all right, now I can say I played the great American hero in G.I. Joe because I always felt I was like, I didn't really want to say anything, you know, <laughs> a hawk. And it's like, I really, well, I it was in a cartoon G.I. Joe. I was always but now I, I, I can now proudly say that, uh, yeah, it was American. Great. You know, I was I feel right about it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic. David, yeah. how, how did you get involved in doing voiceover? Because I we were joking before we started the show that if I read off all of the shows that you have done voices for and the video games and all this stuff, I mean, I would read this for about an hour and a half, two hours and then say goodbye to you. We wouldn't even have a chance to chat. There is so many credits on there. It's unbelievable to me. But how did you start? I don't know. I have to say it's still unbelievable to me because I, I don't go on IMDb because I'm afraid I, I'll see something I, I don't like or, you know, I'm always a, I don't want to look. Um, it's, it really is um, um, from someone who I said this to my friend way back. I said, you know, I just, I just want to do like a one line in a movie. And every time I talked to him, and that was like 30 years ago, he said, you remember you told me that thing? Yeah. And, he, and, and I, I'm still amazed uh, today uh, that they actually uh, call back and say, we'd like to hire you for something. Because <laughs> so, I think of myself as a child, a 12-year-old, 
looking at reading comics. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't, it, it's sometimes it's sort of hard to compute. Uh, but you asked about the voiceover, well, how did it start? Um, you know, it was, um, I, I, I was, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm an, what is it, introvert, extrovert, where I, I, I enjoy the, the process of being in, you know, people and doing the conventions, but I also really like to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah. What is that? An intro, what is that? Introvert? I, you know, something, I mean, you're both, you're, you're an introvert and an extrovert because yeah. I, I, I find that when you're an extrovert doing those kinds of things afterwards, you're kind of drained and you want to just kind of recoil back and sit in a dark room. Yeah, and, it's exactly. You know, yeah. Right. Cool. But I, I, as a kid, I was always, if you look at the old, uh, I'm dating myself. Oh my God. Uh, eight millimeter, uh, the film cameras, <laughs> you know, used to do. And I was always like, as a kid jumping in and doing, Hey, I, you know, jump in. I was, I was the idiot. And, and, and so I kind of look back at that and think, well, maybe there was, I was, I was a cry for help. I don't know what it was, but I enjoyed whenever there was a camera or I had my first tape recorder, the old tape recorder. And I still have a cassette copy. My mother, uh, yeah, but we had, I think she sent it to us and it's a recording of me. I think I was eight years old and I was listening to the local radio station in my hometown, uh, Peterborough, the call letters are the worst call letters. You could, they're not, they weren't cool at all. Um, but I remember and I recorded uh, myself introducing um, the song uh, Delta Dawn. What's the flower you have on Tony Orlando. Uh, and, and it was uh, what that flower, what was that song? Delta, Delta Dawn. Delta, Delta I, Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. I turned, I turned the DJ down and I did, Hi, this is David. I, and I'm like, oh my God, listen to that. And I didn't really know that this would, you look back and go, wow, what, a, how, how, how's foreshadowing in it? I mean, so that's where it kind of started. And I, I kind of, you know, did, I was interested in radio because I, I grew up with, uh, with radio and I had all my favorite people I used to listen to were at WBZ in Boston, WGN Chicago and all the big stations and I, Detroit, you know, and even when the, um, I used to listen to air check tapes um, from uh, the big eight in Detroit, you know, they were CKLW, you know, and uh, uh, two people gunned down last night and a thing, you know, you know that the, the way they used to do the news. Um, and uh, I always wanted to be part of that. And the sound coming out of the, 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 the States was always uh, with this big round, full fat mono sound. And it's just sounded important and big. And I said, how come we can't do that? Because when I worked in radio and I got a job doing overnights and weekends um, at our local radio station. And uh, I remember many times there was, there was a, an equalizer on the, on the transmitter. It was in the control room and it was, there was a, like a, you know, it was a level devil sort of thing. And, and, uh, and it was always like flat and I kept thinking, well, why can't we? Uh... And so one night um, it's like one in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. So I was like kind of bumping up the bass and I would listen to the big speaker and I'm like, oh, that sounds better. And an hour later at two in the morning, the engineer, of course, bursts, bursts into the studio and, and poor, uh, and poor Eddie had a, you know, he had a bit of a stutter and, 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 uh, and he was breathing fire. Um, and I didn't know who he was, but I was warned about, you know, you know the engineer had, he's going to come in. And anyway, he comes in and the first thing he, Barrels in, Doris scares the crap out of me. Who, who told you do not, you know, you know poor guy, uh, but he just couldn't get the words out. Like who don't do ever touch that again. If I have to come back here, you know, it was like, I felt horrible all night long. 
Uh, but <laughs> so I didn't touch it again. So he, you know what? I got to move. I want to go where it sounds better. And so I, that became my life goal is to, is to do radio somewhere in the U S and I had no idea how I was ever going to do that because how to become an, you know, you can't, you can't work, uh, work across the border. So that was the impetus for the entire career of, I need to get here mm-hmm. because I want to, um, in, in my thinking, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but in my my thinking, if you want to if you want to play in the major leagues, you want to play major league baseball, you need to be where they play major league baseball, and that was sort of my my goal. And it wasn't until later in my radio career, which didn't last long, but I got to Vancouver and I was on the morning zoo, and I was doing a bunch of characters and screwing around. Uh, I always do this on a lot of interviews, but I remember the one character was Cowboy Dick, and he played a guitar and did a little song, you know, chicken, chicken, my pet chicken, hanging from the highest tree. Woo! Hey, what you eat for me? Now, howdy, boys and girls. You know, howdy, Cowboy Dick. Well, I got a little, you know, I do my character thing. And it was a lot of fun, and it was freeing because I didn't have to go on and say, here's Madonna, LG73, and, you know, do the, I get to actually be characters, and I took this commercial modeling course. The modeling part was goofy and weird and whatever, but the commercial part where you had to learn lines and stand in front of a camera and, you know, present a product. My uh, first agent who was teaching the classes, you know, you should try this for, uh, for I, I could be your agent. And at that time, you know, Vancouver was becoming a hotbed of stuff coming up from LA, like the you know, X-Files was being shot. Sure. All, yeah. this, all these big shows were, and there's still a lot of stuff that's being done there. And so I, got into that business because I did the morning show and I had all day long to play around and do nothing in this, you know, beautiful city. And I got hooked. And my first cartoon was GI Joe, uh, the an audition for, for the great American hero, general Hawk. Uh, we come back to what we talked about before. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I went into a studio that I, I, I knew them and the, I knew the director and, and I just did my thing. And, um, that was a series of Chris Lotta uh, was a part of, and, and, and there was a couple of members of the cast from the U.S., and they cast a lot of us from out of Deke Animation in Canada, I guess, whatever they saved money or whatever, however they did it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I got to play a great American hero, General Hawk. So that right then and there, after that happened, and after the first session, I went, okay. I want, I'm done with radio. Now this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do forever. How do I how do I stay here? How do I continue to do this and get better? So I started acting class, you know, I started doing improv and I was doing theater and I, I had, I was very fortunate. I had two friends. One of them was studied at RADA in, in England, in London. And uh, so I learned through them. I didn't go to, you know, and I was going to wish I had a chance to go to, uh, to, to, to school and suffer and, in, in all, you know, <laughs> but, but you got, you got on the job training, essentially. I did. That was the thing. And yeah. I, so I maintain now when people ask, I said, look, you know, read a bunch of stuff, go take improv, which is very important. Do theater. Do you have to get out of yourself. You have to not be afraid to be whoever it is. You need to be behind here and really close your eyes and go there. And, and it's, um, I mean, it's easier said than, than, than done. It takes a long time, but it, it took a long time for me to, to learn about, you know, the, the nuances you're in yeah. and understand and really dig into a character. But I, 
that's where it all started from radio. And, and I just fell in love with this and that's it. And, and did you, did you have sort of a crossover period where you kept your radio job and you were doing the voiceover work uh, yeah. where, where you could get it? Uh, yeah. And, and how long was that crossover? Was it a year, a couple of years or, you know, it was, it was a couple of years and it got to the point where I was so bored with what I was, I was on a, doing a midday or after I can't midday show or something. There was a couple changes in management and, Radio was kind of, you know, yeah. and I would be watching MTV on satellite and watching the monkeys. And I would uh, like, oh, God, I just got to say something, uh, you know, boom, LG 73 years, the monkey or, or Madonna. It's a 125 <laughs> LG 73. Boom. Go back to why I was just so. So my boss called me in one day eventually and said, you, uh, you really don't want to be here, do you? And I went, eh, not really. <laughs> so, well, you know, um, this is going to some changes made. And why, why don't we do this? Why don't we just, uh, you know, let's just do, you know, say two weeks. And then, because um, I know you're at that time, I had a, a couple of series going and I was starting yeah. with a little, some commercial work. And I went, oh, okay, I'm all in, you know, I was doing a play. And I didn't really think about it financially. I just knew that I had grown a business before this doing radio and television uh, promo station identification, the branding, they called it branding. I was yeah. at the station. And I remember sitting down with a map once and, and doing the numbers. I said, okay, so there's uh, X amount of uh, thousand radio stations in, uh, in the U S and Canada. If I get like 1%, like what's that? I go, Oh Jesus. Okay. So if I get, if I get 2%, if I get 0.5 and I'm making, all right. So I started that a business of just doing affiliate work and yeah. I still do it to this day. And that's what allowed me to go, you know what? I don't need the radio thing anymore. I'll just do that. And so it became the radio. I went into the affiliate work more and that helped me cross over to do, you know, the other work. I, I always and you're still doing, you're still doing the affiliate yeah, work, still. right? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, every day. Is every that day. sort of like bread? That's like your bread and butter. And then all the other series, the well, series and changed. things that come in. Yeah. It's changed now. That used to be the bread and butter. Now it's, the shows and, and trailers, you know, uh, uh, and, and commercials. I mean, that's that part of the business is now the main focus. Um, I still love doing affiliate. And I know I still do affiliate and I get my agent and it's been great. It's still still rocking and rolling. So um, are you doing are you doing uh, most of your voice work out of a home studio yeah, uh, yeah. because of the pandemic? Or were you doing that uh, prior to the pandemic? Oh, prior. I was uh, I was pandemic proof like way before I even knew what the word pandemic was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had, I had home studios a long time ago. And I remember being on the floor of the studio, like with a reel to reel and trying to make FedEx at the, the four o'clock cutoff time to get FedEx out to get the reels. So the stations had it the next day. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. No, so now it's like, you know, now you just zap it. Right. I yeah, mean, they, it's they, just, I literally I, I was, it was an hour ago. My manager called and said, Hey, listen, they want you to read that scratcher for a trailer. Can you do it? Like they need it like within a half hour ago. Done. Yeah. But up, boom, gone. So yeah. it's, the, the business is, is sped up, but that's, how, that's, you know, that's how it was. Uh, just a quick note. When, when I was, let go or mutually fired from radio. <laughs> I went home and, and I, and my daughter was young and, and, uh, or she even born yet? No, she wasn't even born yet. I remember that. Yeah, that's right. She was just, uh, that was coming. And I went, okay. And I said, and I went down to the studio and it was in the afternoon. I finished everything. So, you know what? You know, in a bottle of Glenn, live it up there. I'm going to just, uh, have a little, put it to bed, you know, a little, a little, and, uh, 
I think it was two in the morning um, <laughs> that I eventually somehow wound up upstairs. And I don't do this. This is a very, this is not like me, but I, I finished it. And I was, ah, I don't, and somehow my wife, go, I get into bed and I get, I woke up the next morning. I was so freaked out. I thought, oh my God, what have I done? I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> and and uh, I called my, my best friend said, I, this is what I did. And I'm all shaky. And he said, and he said I said, I think, I don't know. I think I'm maybe an alcoholic. He says, and he laughed at me. He goes, <laughs> you do this all the time? No, just once. You're not an alcoholic. Come on, get dressed. You're going for a greasy breakfast. And he took me to this famous old place called the Tomahawk in North Vancouver. And, uh, and it, that's, it was basically the cutting of the umbilical cord, the cutting of my uh, dependence on someone else. Yeah. Me a paycheck. And I thought, all right, now I, I have a, I, I'm focused. The child is on the way. I know what I need to do to take care of my family. And I just made it my goal. I don't want to be okay. Good. Fine. I want it. How do I get to be really good or great? Yeah. I want to be, and I'm every day I'm try, striving to try to, you know, trying to get that all the time still. Yeah. Um, but let, let me ask you this question because you know I uh, I was in the animation business for many many years and and directed a lot of voice talent and uh, typically when you do a session uh, you're you're doing a, a, a two or a four hour session uh, with talent yeah. um, uh, are you are you doing uh, uh, eight hours of voiceover a day are you working five days a week are you yeah. working seven days a week are you got do you have people calling you? Uh, you know, on a, on a Saturday afternoon saying, my gosh, we've got a client. They have to have this for tomorrow morning. You know, those kinds of things happening. Yes. All the time. And, and when I was doing the, a lot of series, uh, I remember specifically when I was doing the Omniverse series, Ben Tan at Cartoon Network, I had the road gear has evolved. I have road gear here. It's a laptop and a, and a Sennheiser mic. And I bring it in the car and I, you know, uh, it's the cabin of the Tesla. I, one of the reasons I like because the cabin is phenomenal. It's a great place to record. So it's so easy to plug and go. So, so I can be anywhere. I prefer my studio, my, my Peluso mics, uh, the, the Canadian studio here and the one in, 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 uh, in Ventura County. It's the same setup, a little bit, you know, better situation. This is a great room they built, but um I can be essentially anywhere. And, and when I was doing that series at Cartoon Network, I snuck in my shoulder bag, I snuck the, my portable studio. Uh, so when, you know, when our break's going to be, so we, we'd have a, we'd record and have a break. And I had a few clients in the morning that wanted their stuff. So on a Tuesday or Wednesday, we recorded, I, I went, I ran into a, an empty room at Cartoon Network. Like one of the little boardrooms wasn't being used. I would check to make sure, plug it in real quick, you know, and do the, uh, you know, tonight on eyewitness news to, you know, three people, you know, I would do my thing. I upload it using the, the Wi-Fi, and then I go back in. Hey, everybody, hey. You know, no one really knew. And so I would also, situations I would be in, a, I remember Avengers Assemble. I would do a thing. We'd go for a break, and I'd whip out to the car, parked out back, and crank it up and record some things and get it done. So there was a lot of that, um, and it, but it eventually became uh, that, uh, hey, listen, I'm booking out for four or five hours. I'm not available. You know, I'll get your stuff later. So. My clients know that that is an eventuality and it can happen. Yeah. I've always been able to uh, keep everybody happy for many years. And that's the goal is, is to make sure everyone gets their audio. Sure. Gets the best. And, but that's, yeah. What, what about taking a vacation with the family? Well, I do take, you know, here, here's a vacation. So another thing, 
I went back and I met with my high school friends about five, six years ago. And we're all sitting around and laughing. And I said, so what do you do? Oh, I'm retired. What? Retired? Oh, yeah, I'm retired too. Well, they're, they're teachers. They go, oh, right. That work. So, yeah, because we're all aging. Because I keep thinking of us at all. We're all doing stuff. Right. And I, I, I went home to my mother's. I was visiting. Um, and, and I was kind of, you know, she's, what's the matter? I go, ah, you know, everyone's, she's all retiring. <laughs> she says to me, well, you never started working. I go, it's true. Why would I retire? Why I've really, I mean, come on guys. You know, if, you, if you don't feel like you're uh, uh, working, if you don't feel like it's a job, you're, you've got the best, the best in the world. I mean, yeah. you're, you're doing something you love then, you know what I mean? Wait, and, and, and by the way, retirement's not my vocabulary really. No, because, yeah. Yeah. If you're enjoying what you're doing, you just keep doing it. That's right. Yeah. Was it, was it Hal Douglas, a great a movie trailer guy who I, I just adored and you know, he did it up until the last day. And that's that's the plan, you know. What, was he the guy that did the uh, in a world far, far away? That's Donald, Donald Fontaine. Fontaine. Oh, that's that. Okay, friend of mine. He was the guy who who told me he said, "Dave, you got to be down here. This is what you should be doing." And he's the one actually. You know, I said I got to move to L.A. And Don was the one who said, "You know, tell your family that daddy's got to do what daddy's got to do, and you got to move to L.A." You, you know, blah blah. And I took his advice, and it was, and I never looked back. And now was a great friend. And it was a very, it was a shock when he passed away. I'll yes. tell you that. Yeah. But yeah. Hal Douglas was the one who did the comedian, you know, um, uh, what was it? Uh, um, tonight on A and D, you know, on the CW, remember that old voice? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, a story about two, two girls, no, three boys. And, a, you know, he would do that, <laughs> that funny uh, thing, but he had such a great, uh, storyteller thing. And he, yeah, he was right up until the end, man, he was doing it. And, and, and you know something, it's interesting uh, in the animation business, there's a tremendous amount of Canadian uh, animators uh, in in the business. I mean, I've worked over the years with tremendous number of Canadian animators. In fact, we, we had a friend, uh, Mark uh, Pudliner, who's actually working up in Vancouver teaching now uh, at one of the animation schools. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was down here in Los Angeles along with a whole contingent of Canadian animators working in the industry. And um, it, it seems like there's an easy, I, from my perspective anyway, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like an easy back and forth for Canadian talent uh, to be able to come down and work in Los Angeles in the yeah, business. If you, if you have the proper credentials, I mean, I, you know what? I always did everything above board. I had a pride, the, you know, the O-1 visa and everything else. My attorney said, look, you know, you really should become citizens because your life is down here. And even if you have the green card, you know, if everything ever happened, you know, that I could still kick you out because my life has been, you know, I, 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 I owe this country a lot um, because my career um, is, is based here. So we decided, you know, I said, well, this makes a lot of sense, you know, and I want to vote. I want to this, I want to contribute and uh, boom, let's get it done. So the whole family, um, had that, um, and where, and do you primarily spend most of your time down in Los Angeles? Oh, yeah, we live, I live, we live there full time. We, we, okay. So, yeah. but you do go up to Canada uh, on a yeah, this is, regular basis. Yeah. This, uh, this is, we always have, um, we have an escape hatch up here in Kelowna. My sister's, uh, um, my, my wife's sister lives here. I have, um, uh, my, my cousins that live here and uh, that's, that's a lovely area. That's outside of Vancouver, isn't it? Yeah, it's four hours, four, four hours yeah. in between. And, Vancouver and, and, and it's Canadian wine region, isn't it? Uh, the winery. Yeah. That's a, I'm a wine yeah. nerd. So this is like, uh, 
Yeah, and it's it's really coming into its own in the last few years. I, I, I was actually up there once. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful part of Canada. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I, uh, I, ha- I have to ask you this question because I've asked other Canadian friends that we've had on the show. Yeah. What do you think about the United States annexing Canada? You think it's a possibility in the future? Oh, no, no. God. No, never. <laughs> would no. Support that? No, they wouldn't. Uh, no, it was, you know, my, my look, my, my life is literally has been, you know, I, I, I tend to not to know what's going on up here too much. And I, um, but it's my, I was where I was born. You know, if you're born yeah. in Germany and you, sure. you would have a, a soft spot for your home country. It's like of if course. you were an American, you went somewhere, you yeah. you know, this thing. Um, it's just, uh, I don't think, you know, too much about it. I just, like I said, I did everything above board. I didn't want to be the one that went across. I have no friends who went across the border and were doing the, hey, I'm just going to go ahead. And this is, so what are you here for? Um, they, catch, they catch you and then you're screwed and you, you can't cross the border and you're done. Um, so I wanted to do, I wanted to do it the right way. And, uh, and I, because my interest, as I told you earlier, is since I was a kid, yeah, I remember the first time we we we, we uh, all moved and we're down and it was 2007 and we're in Burbank and I, and I and I said, wait a minute, I can order some wine and have it shipped to my house for under ten dollars. Okay, here we go. And I could, as a kid, everything out of the back of a comic book, you know, U.S. funds only. Oh God, yeah. So uh, I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> so you you actually you actually grew up outside of toronto yeah i grew up on buffalo television in rochester i grew okay. up all, all this so i knew all those personalities and yeah. all the shows yeah do you remember the show uh, i don't where did you would you grow up uh, i i grew up in new york you know so i yeah rochester I mean, I remember, but you know, Buffalo, WKBW TV, t- topping tonight's up with there's a fire in downtown Batavia, fire in downtown Tonawanda, Cheektowaga. <laughs> there's always a fire topping tonight's eyewitness news. There and, you go. You know, all those, all those cards, Dave, uh, with the promo, the robot and uh, the, 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 the giant, uh, you know, uh, Captain Kangaroo. I mean, I, that, that was my jam, man. I, yeah. all that stuff. I always, so I was a bit of a, Americana was was big with me as a child. I was really, and I my first love of Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby and, and comics all, you know, it was very young. And uh, the fact that I I ended up in a in a Marvel movie in, in the Eternals, I remember those damn comic. I remember the comic books. So it's really yeah. bizarre. And, and, and I'm imagining growing up uh, in that part of Canada, uh, it was probably relatively easy to cross the border uh, for for visits, right? I mean, yeah. this is pre nine eleven, and it wasn't as stringent, yes. you know. Uh, and, and so you could drive down into uh, into Michigan or or uh, uh, Western New York uh, fairly easily. Ogdensburg, we used to go across. But, you know, my first trip to New York City and I first signed with William Morris and I brought my dad with me and uh, I had an instant connection with, with New York. L.A. took me about 10 years to feel. All right. I feel you there. <laughs> New York was. Yeah. You know what I mean? New York was an instant like this is like and I was I, like the speed and, and, and the excitement and, and, and the energy, the energy in the air. Yeah. And, and, I, and I felt at home. And, and, I, and I remember talking out, we're walking down uh, Broadway and we're heading toward uh, Carnegie Deli, which apparently is no, is it no longer there now. I think Carnegie Deli may have closed. Yeah. yeah. So we're walking. So, Dad, we're going to get a corned beef sandwich at Carnegie. And I was out talking out loud. Uh, we're, we're gonna, we'll hit Carnegie Deli and we'll go. So some guy's walking by. He said, what's the matter with Katz's? And I go, 
you're right. What is the matter with Katz's? And I, and I said, dad, let's, we'll jump on the train. We'll go downtown and we'll, let's go to Katz's. And they're still there. They are, they are still there. And we had, and then I said, Hey, we went for a walk after, and we ended up with the, the, the blue note and what, Hey, it's a blue note. Oh my God. The blue note. And the guy says, yeah, if you want to stand in line here for a couple of hours, uh, it's sold out, but you, we can get your seats at the bar. It's uh, BB King tonight. I go, BB King at the blue. Note. My dad goes, yes, we are. <laughs> so we stood there and uh, we, we said, we sat at the bar and we watched BB King. And oh my God, you know, those are the kind of New York. And I would walk all over New York city. I would walk the, the neighborhood yeah. I would walk from, I'd go see a Knicks game and walk all the way through Chelsea, all the way back up. And, you know, I don't know what it's like now. I hear some things, but I, uh, I, it's, it, it's, it, it's a rougher, rougher city right now, but hopefully they're yeah. going to get that cleaned up again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of, it kind of ebbs and flows, uh, yeah. but uh, I'm with you. I like walking around New York city because you just get to see so much more. And, and as a voice talent, you hear some yeah. amazing voices. Yeah. You hear the guy is going to go down you know, we're going to, you know, that's a real person. Yeah. You know, Hey, Joey, buddy, that's a real, they're real people. So you get inspired. It's not yeah. a put on, these are real folks yeah. and it's wonderful. And, and I, yeah, I, I, that city to me, it's, is my drug. And I, and it's like, I don't do drugs, but I do New York. And, and when yeah. I go, it's like, hit me, come on, baby, hit me. And then I I'm good for like a six months to a year or less. But uh, our plan was to be in New York. My agents were excited uh, of May of 2020, we had rent. We're going to be there for a month. We're in an apartment. And uh, it's like, okay, we're going to do the restaurants. We're going to do the work where I'm going to ride the subway. going to go. Uh, and then the world, you know, shut down, shut down. Shut down. So I still haven't done that. And, and, uh, and I have a real soft spot because my family history, apparently, and my mother's and all the thing in the 1600s, that's where we all came from. Is that's downtown yeah. New yeah. York. Came okay. through the city. That's right. That's like, that's, like most people who immigrated to the U S did yeah. back then. Yeah. So I just, I, I have a real soft spot for that city, man. And so let me ask you this, uh, uh, last, last week tonight with John Oliver yeah. on HBO <laughs> that, that, that he does his show out of New York. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. but, but you're just doing, you're doing the announcer portion of it, uh, remotely. Yes. Um, and, and, uh, my, <laughs> my manager called me and said, Hey, so then, like, you know, then she said, I, I did some promos for HBO for the show. Yeah. I, you know, last week tonight with John Oliver, I did my voice and, you know, and, and, uh, and they booked me and I go, Hey, all right, cool. New show and promos. And then he calls me up and no, I'm watching HBO and the spot comes and say, Hey, Maria, here's a spot. Here's a spot. And it's not my voice. Voice sounds great. It's not me. I go, what the hell? So I, I you know, it, 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 Jay, what's going on? I guess I'm not the guy. What I'm texting and, and <laughs> going sorry for myself. And he, and he goes, no, dude, hey, hey, I forgot to call you. So here's the deal. Uh, do you think you could work like on Saturdays or Sunday sometime? I go, whoa, sacred time. Um, I don't know. Like, what is it? He said, well, you know, it's John Oliver. I said, yeah, he was on John Stewart. He goes, he said, well, you know, how about let's just, just, just try it and see. And I go, oh, all right, I don't know. So I did the sessions. And then, you know, uh, a few years later, I'm holding an Emmy. Uh, the John, you know, and I'm hanging with John. <laughs> wow. You don't know. And I, I, I love to go in to, to visit them. I used to go in once a year before we shut down. Um, and, uh, it was wonderful to be there and, and, and to see them all. And I, I, I cherished uh, those times, but it was, how, how, how is John Oliver, uh, uh, you know, off stage, you know, how, how is he as a person? I would, I would love, always love to get to know him better, but he's, I asked him, 
at uh, the, uh, after party at Emmy Awards, the first time they won their first big Emmy. And I said, so like, did you ever think like, is this, you know, he goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get it. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's that, I think he does get it, but I think he's really like me, like, they're really, they're, they sure they really he's care? He's still pinching uh, himself. He's still <laughs> pinching himself, right? He's like, is this yeah. for real? Yeah. But he's, uh, to, a, to, a, to a, a lot of people, he's, he sort of helped, he helped me through uh, the, the, the worst of the, I don't know, whatever, the beginning of the pen. He kind of helped, uh, like, oh God, there's somebody who's doing something and it's like, it makes, it kind of makes sense. But I think, it, but I'm more impressed with his, his, uh, even his crew. Like I talked to some of the people, uh, his, um, because they had, they have, um, you know, they go under, they go under what do you call them? Uh, investigative reporters. Yeah. Yeah. We we're talking to them, at, uh, about, uh, Edward Snowden. And, and, and I, I asked, uh, even asked the HBO folks. So did, so was it true that, you know, he was the guy was on the airplane and no one really knew as well. A couple of people knew, but basically, yeah, no one really knew until he was at JFK ready to take off. <laughs> he was going. So, I love that sort of stuff because they dig deep and they have lawyers and they know if they're going to do a show, they'll, you know, it's, it's quite, I'm very impressed and, and, and amazed at those, those folks is it's a lot of work. You know? Yeah, they do. They, they absolutely do a deep dive into uh, and, and I'm, their, their I'm honored topics. Yeah. Honored to be anywhere near it. So, uh, and I look forward to the, uh, the names for the, uh, the and, and Mr. Dog show. That's my favorite. When you did the uh, um, uh, Arisham uh, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, <laughs> Eternals, how, how did that work? Did, was that did you do? Was it like traditional animation? Did you do uh, no. the voiceover first, uh, or did they already have? Uh, yeah, they know? were they were uh, well in. They were about wrapping it up. Uh, they already had let things uh, already shot. So when I came in. You know, I had no, there was all, it was like secret project X. No one, even my agents had no idea what it was. It came directly from casting and it was a very small, you know, tight. And I just, I kind of did a, a take on my voice. Like I didn't, you know, I did, I started in here very, you know, almost like uh, Peter Collins, Optimus Prime. I kind of went in this area. And I, you know, I think yes. And I, I dug in a few, a little bit and made, did a couple takes and then I sent it and forgot about it. And, um, and then my agent said, so I said, Hey, good news. They want to hire you for the party. I go, really? She said, well, there's no guarantee, you know, cause it's a film and celebrities and, you know, but they, you know, you're going to work with Chloe Zhao and I go, Oh my God, I just saw that, that movie. It was brilliant. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, I didn't even think until the last day I was actually going to make the cut. I thought, oh, well, they're going to get Michael Fassbender or somebody. <laughs> you know, and, and a funny thing, uh, we played around with a few sessions with the voice. And it was a very, because they were going to treat it a little bit. I knew that. And, and we needed, it needed to be very calm. It needed, to, it was, it's a, like, it was literally walking a tightrope, a voiceover tightrope. Like, it felt like you were like, hmm. Um, because there's a lot of exposition and this character sort of tantamount to the story and important. So there's a lot sort of writing on it. And we eventually settled on this uh, um, sort of from Prometheus, Michael Fassbender, Cersei, it is time. We sort of went, you know, that direction and we dug in and that's where it ended up. And then um, they, and then, yeah, and it was a very cloak and dagger, you know, they would come to your, deliver you the studio or the, or the script and the thing. And you, uh, it's, you don't, 
No one talks. No one. It's a very, it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I wasn't even allowed to say I was involved until a week after the, the movie was uh, premiered, but I was, for me, uh, my good friend, David Hayes had passed away this, this past year, an unexpected heart attack blew us all away. And he's the one that when I was a young kid, we were 12 and 13, 14, he had a part-time job at a comic book store in my hometown of Peterborough, uh, in Ontario. And I used to go down and hang out with him on Saturday mornings. And he was going through all the comics and putting them in order. Sandy, the old guy gave him a job. And he, and he says, I remember one morning, Hey, uh, check this. This is, uh, this is Jack Kirby. This is, um, you know, a lot of, you know, the Hulk. Yeah. 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 This is, uh, these, this is the Eternals. It's like, no one really, I remember the conversation uh, to, to this day and, Sitting in that movie theater and hearing that when it first the character comes on, like, oh my God, I mean, it like, so was, you know, I was like, the Clint, I was feeling like, listen, look, like, I could think of, you know, the comic book store. Who'd have thought? Yeah. That was the coolest moment uh, because yeah. uh, that was part of my, was my childhood, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that's how it all, you know, came about. Um, and somebody said, uh, Hey, you know, hire that guy. And so, <laughs> it's gotta be cool though, because it's gotta be very cool because you mentioned how much you loved the comics and Jack Kirby in particular, and this is yeah. his creation, you know, I mean, the yeah. Eternals and you, the celestial Arisham, the judge, I mean, that is kind of like, you are one of the most powerful Marvel characters in the MCU right now. Yeah, it's it's really, and I don't think his story is done. If no. I'm, I'm hoping they have me back, we'll see. If that's just the nature of it's Hollywood, right? Yeah, but you know what? With the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they don't just do a, a one-off. You know, I mean, I'm hopeful that there's going to be more Eternal movies. Yeah, I mean, uh, just like there have been Thor films and Spider-Man and all of those. So no, it's it's a, it really is. It's so cool because, as you know, like I said many times before, you're childhood and you're still i'm still a uh i remember mickey rooney i did a cartoon series well mickey rooney a long time ago and uh, cleo the misfit unicorn and i was this uh this hippo they kind of talk like this hey cleo and at the after party mickey was holding court as he would and uh, his manager was there and he had a boxer he had a, i had to go on a trip i got a boxer in new mexico i'm mean, having to go to go down I mean, he were in vancouver and he was there and and he's we're all you know leaning every word he says we're leaning in he said, I got some advice for you all. He said, listen to me. Don't ever grow up. Don't ever grow up. And I went, oh, my God, he's right. So here I am, you know, uh, mid-50s or so, and you're like, no, I'm just going to do keep doing this and don't ever grow Great. You're old Mickey Rooney. You know? <laughs> I, I met Mickey Rooney once many, many years ago <laughs> at, at, a, at a movie premiere. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even remember what the movie was, but, uh, he, he was just incredibly nice and yes. funny as, and funny as hell. <laughs> and so broke. Oh my God. I remember it. Yeah. I think he was married seven times. And I, I remember him saying, Oh, my Judy, this and my Judy, he was talk, still talking about his Judy, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it was, it was quite an experience. And you, you know, I, I always think, uh, smart ass Buddhas. Uh, and, and those are things uh, and people in particular, well, there are people, but there are these signposts as you go through life. And I don't necessarily think the most important things come from your, uh, your parents or, or, or a priest or a something or other, or somebody in power or a government official. It's mostly comes from some dude who's like a silver Fox skiing down the, you know, the uh, seeing a ski run and some Aussie who's been just doing this all his life. He's a ski bum. And he says something to you and you go, Wow, that's profound. And it sticks with you. 
Mm. It is in, in, in this, I've had smart ass Buddhas all through my life and, and they've said something and it's, it's sort of guided me. And I think it's important to, to, to listen in, in those and realize that somebody that you would never expect will say something that could influence your entire life and put you in this direction over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I strongly believe in that. And, and so always be aware, always be uh, you know aware of, of, People saying just, yeah, awareness, I think. There's not enough of that these days, but that's my big advice. As you've been doing voiceover, have you have you noticed that your your um, field has really opened up uh, greatly because of all the different uh, outlets? Uh, you know, I mean, the gaming, I mean, just on the gaming end of things and internet and, you know, there's just, it seems like there's so many more opportunities than there were 25, 30 years ago. Yeah, that, that is it's true. There because there used to be that small, that small group. Yeah. My biggest concern is people that don't, you know, they see the end result. And I want to do voiceover. I go, oh, okay. Now it seems that anyone can, and it doesn't really matter if you're good or not. You know, it's 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 a you know, for someone to say, you know, I'm gonna say that because that's sort of I was always taught to work hard, where you know, you know, strive and try. And when you're in the studio and you're working with people like Rob Paulson and Jimmy Cummings, and and you're with you know, D. Bradley Baker and all my my friends and and John DiMaggio, and you go that you know these guys are good, and these women are good, you know, yeah. Aaron and Gray, uh, Delisle and Debbie Derryberry. I mean, they're all like, you know, you go in with them, you got to bring your A game. Yeah, got to be. And so, but I'm finding out now it doesn't necessarily have to. Be that I'm kind of like, well, so what's happening? So it's, I always strive for excellence. I always strive to be the best possible. You know, it's just, that's the way I'm built. So if it's, um, <laughs> so I'm always like, well, I don't want it to be too easy. Because yeah. <laughs> there is, it's a skill. It's like anything sure. else. And trailers, I, I've been scratching trailers for 12 to 15 years. Um, and I'm finally now starting, they're starting to ask. I'm starting to get, I'm doing the new trailers for right now for a star, a star Wars, Lego, Lego, star Wars, summer vacation. Great. It's, uh, you know, it's out there and it's quite fun. The, the, the Harry Potter movie, uh, the recent one, and it's a dream come true. And it took so long to get there. Cause it's, it's a very specific sort of read and Don LaFontaine is a mentor of mine. And, 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 uh, all these guys are so good. Miguel Ferrar. And, and I, I had to match Miguel after the, the, you know, he passed away and I was very daunting. Miguel is a big trailer guy, and he's also an amazing character actor in Hollywood royalty. Mm. And I was I'm doing him a Vandal Savage, um, and he and I had to, and I go, oh, how do I? So I just happened to have that in here. He's just very, everything's yeah. thrown, very quiet. And, you know, um, I'm just trying to honor the people who come before and, 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 and try and be as, do the best I can. So I don't want it to be watered down. Uh, I, I just want to, people to understand it is a skill. It takes some some skill, and I I, I like when when it's it's kind of hard to achieve because you need to cut your teeth. So oh, I know I, I absolutely agree with you, and I, I I have seen that over the years. I mean, you know, I've I've seen uh, and met people who are like, I want to be a voiceover actor. You know, it's and, and they're not really working at it. And uh, quite frankly, when you listen to some of the demo tapes, you're like, this is not very good. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know? And you want to be encouraging, but you also want to be realistic. But, uh, you know, I don't know what's these days. I don't know. I don't know what is, yeah. good. you know, I don't know what that means. Because uh, an example is that he do plays at a deep co theater in, in Vancouver. And 
we thought, oh, some nights we thought, man, we hit it. It was a good show. And, and all really people cared about was the comments were, oh, my gosh, you people are so good. How do you remember all those lines? That was the most important thing I wanted to know. They were just amazed we remembered lines. I, well, well, what about the all the, you know, the acting and all the, mm, and I, they just, how, my, how do you remember them all? So, so I don't know. What is it? You know, that could be great to somebody. Or could, I don't know. It's what actually, how, it's actually a compliment. Way, how, how do you? I'm sorry. Al, <laughs> I was going to say, it's gonna actually. Say, how do you remember yeah. the lines? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah it's, well, it's a good question. You know, practice, practice, practice. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's actually a compliment to you, David, because, the you know, the, the ordinary person doesn't, you, you make it look so uh, seamless and easy when you 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 do the uh, the comic cons all the time you're you're yeah. there with d bradley baker and your other voiceover you know people that you work with in the industry that are legends in this industry make it yeah. look so simple but because of the advent of technology anyone can be a filmmaker a musician yes. a voiceover artist so that's the that's the the perils of it, you know, they yeah, don't understand that it takes 10,000 plus hours or hundred thousand hours to become a, a, at least proficient, not even a master, but just proficient. proficient it, it, and, it, and it's, yeah, it's all nuanced. It's like, you're, it's no different being a pilot. You got to put some time in, you know, they're not going to let you fly the, fly the, uh, you know, the A380 unless you got some time. On your yeah. And it's yeah. just, and it's just, I remember just quickly the, the trailer, like the one day I went to, you know, uh, it was one trailer that Warner Brothers hired me for a couple of campaigns. And what was, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, uh, what was the, uh, um, Richard Jewell. All I did was come into the mic. I don't know what to do. I said, Richard Jewell in theaters Friday. I didn't do anything. And they go, Hey, they love your read. Uh, they're going to, I go, well, I didn't do anything. They go, boom, there it is. It took me <laughs> 20 years to stop doing stuff and just be. It took yeah. it. You got to to find yourself is most important because then you can find you know the the, the humanity in it all. It's, it's Shakespeare. It's, it's all part of the you know. As you get older, you kind of figure it out and you go, "Damn it! Why didn't I know this before?" But, that's but, it, but it becomes intuitive over time. Yeah, you uh, the, 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 in. I don't yeah, know. yeah, you you absolutely know where where you're going to go into something, yeah. and that is from all those years of experience. Yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and where do you, where do you, where do you see your career going from here? Um, I like to do more trailers, more shows. I'd like to produce. I'd like to, you know, to, uh, to pitch and, and be able to do uh, that and bring something to life. And there's a couple of things we're working on now that are really, they're really great. And I'd like to get them to the right people. Um, that's just the nature of, you know, the progression of sure. to create something. The, the, the newest uh, series now it's dropping on the 14th is the Farzar, which is my first primetime animated comedy um, and they, they crossed the line a lot and it, we had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, I, it's, it's basically, you know, Barry Barris is a character and I've always liked these characters. They're, they're, they're ridiculous, but they're serious. You know, it's like the old, um, uh, Leslie Nielsen sort of the, the movie, the yeah. airplane movies. And I always sure. wanted to be involved in, and this is sort of my, you know, foray into the, you know, see, he can do comedy, you know, they, they <laughs> it's, uh, it's important to me. And I was, it's, a, it's such good a good time and i'm able to kind of do the comedy stuff and so i may i'd like to do more of that but i i don't know i just like i said i won't retire i'm just enjoying every everything i, I get um are you going to do any more on camera the, well my my i know my publicist i'm talking about it they, they, there's a chance i'll get back because now i think now i feel comfortable because i don't care now 
Right. When I was younger and I did it, I was always look, looking at me, looking at myself, stop it. You know, you, yeah. and now I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I, I sort of, I'm ready to get back in front now if I do, because I'm, I'm technically, I was always technically good about hitting marks and all this other night, but now I, I'm comfortable about exactly who I am and where, where I need to go. And, and, and that's, uh, that would be fun to do, you know, so it could have, yeah, it's something, a couple, couple things. Fantastic. Al John, anything? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, you are the only actor to have voiced both Optimus Prime and Megatron. Huh. <laughs> so, so I if you, like, I like the name Megatron, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a scoundrel. He is a scoundrel, but it's, he's a Shakespearean scoundrel. It's exactly. I love, I love the debate. If I do this, this will happen. If I do that, yes. Yeah, it's and and and, and Optimus and animated was so weird because the first few episodes I'm like lost. I'm trying to figure out who am I, who I'm the good guy. So what? Um, and I just basically, you know, found my own voice and transform and roll out. And, and the fact that, you know, people, you know, say, and they complain and talk about stuff. Well, how come you're not this? I said, look, the fact that I even had a chance to inhabit this character, I don't own it. It's not mine. I get to, well, you know, I get to play it. Oh I think, I think it made more money uh, after the series has been long gone than I ever did during it. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing because I get to inhabit these characters. I don't, I'm not, you know, we're to, for example, Clank. Yes. Who would have thought we're still like, is what, is it coming up on 20 years? Yeah. There's a little paragraph. I don't know. G ratchet. And then that turns into a 20 year career as well yeah. as, and, and, the, and the transformers is still going. Look, I'm fine. I I'm, I'm honored to, to play a part. And we're so fortunate. We even get to play these parts for even more than two or three seasons. So it's, it's fantastic. And there's a couple other shows I can't talk about that. I'm really anxious for you here and, and, and see, cause it's, it just, I'm expanding more of what I'm doing and I, I, I'm being allowed to play a little more and do other things that I'm not known for. And that's really what I'd like to do as, as we move forward here. Well, that, that is awesome. But for one, like I said, I mean, it's, it's record breaking. So Autobot and Decepticon <laughs> for one, also yeah. part of so many Disney series over time. You know, a lot of our listeners yeah. are Disney fans. So you being part of the, you know, rebooted DuckTales and being part of playing Dapper Duck and the Legend of the Three Caballeros, which is an awesome film. And so yeah. you have that to boot, which, by the way, my kids absolutely love. They love it. But the other thing, too, is uh, probably one of the best Marvel things that, that you've done is Avengers Assemble, because that, to me, oh, is one of the best animated Marvel shows of all time. People go on and on about X-Men 96. People go on and on about that. And I, and I, I am too. I love that show. But before the real Marvel Cinematic Universe was really kind of taking shape and all this, you had Avengers Assemble, um, kind of the precursor on Disney XD. You were Jarvis and Vision and Baron Zemo and Corvus. And that, to me, was so well-written from a comic book fan. I'm a huge Marvel comic book fan, like yourself. And that was a smart show. Not just hitting the nerves with kids, but like even the adults are like, I couldn't. I mean, it only went on for like two, almost three seasons. And it's like, I wanted more. Yeah. We, we, that, that being in, in together with that cast was, we had a lot of laughs, man. And, and one great memory of, I had of the Avengers and I was playing Zemo and among Zemo uh, was um, I'd never met Stan Lee in person. I, we always kind of miss each other. I was in shows, but I never got a chance to meet. And I, and one of the writers uh, said, uh, 
we were all in that day. Today it was a surprise for you. So, uh, you know, um, so here we all came in and, and Stan Lee was in the studio doing a cameo and, uh, and I, and I, and he's there and I go, Oh my God. So I got a chance to talk to him and Stan says, so what do you do on the show? And I said, well, I play, I was Jarvis. And then, you know, like you said, um, and vision, vision, Paul Bettany, you know, uh, and then, uh, Zemo, Zemo, get, give me a little Zemo. He says, and I said, as Mr. Stanley, it's Ben von Zemo. I uh, die a horrible death since this episode. So I mean, you, we, you know, and he's hanging out with us and I go, oh my God, my heart's beating fast. This is Stan Lee. And he leaves and Mark Hamill's in that day and he leaves and the, and the font, Stan Lee's font was, was, you know, that big, big font. He's old. He was in his nineties. And, and uh, we're like all amazed. Oh my God, look at the size of Stan Lee's font. Roger Craig Smith. Oh my God, look at this. Yeah. And, and Hamill says, Hey, we should all be so lucky to have font that big. <laughs> you know, he's right. 90 years old. Give me the big and uh, it was Mark Hamill's birthday. And we did that. So the, the, the memories of that show and the writers and hanging out and going to the Lakers games and uh, um, me and Black Panther went to the Lakers games uh, with, uh, one of the writers. And it was, you know, it was just a, a great series. It was excellent. Yeah. And I really, yeah, you miss them when they, when they, uh, when they stop and you always hope that one day they'll come back. But wow, that was, it was a thrill. Yeah. One more, one more thing I have to add, because I am a huge Ratchet and Clank fan all the way from the the very first PlayStation three game and forward. Uh, What's it like? Uh, do basically doing the odd couple for video games that has endured for 20 years. You, <laughs> James Arnold Taylor, an amazing talent in and of his own right. He's just an incredible yeah. guy and also tied to Star Wars, much like yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's it like to to have the the odd couple in video games and, and basically transcend video games and now hopefully into series and, and maybe into a, a, f- a feature film? Yeah, well, we did the feature film, and and we almost almost didn't get our names on the poster, and uh, which is you know that's that's Hollywood. But when I when I did get my name on the poster, uh, he asked me how it feels when I saw you know David Kay and James Arnold, you know, you know with Paul Giamatti, Rosario Dawson, Sylvester Stallone, and with David Kay, and they go, hey, ah, come on, there it is, my name on a movie poster. Are you kidding me? One of those moments you go. How the hell did that happen? So I was, I was thrilled. Um, I'd love to do, you know, more. And it will probably, I know, fingers crossed. I don't think the franchise is nowhere near um, being finished, but um, even if I knew something, I couldn't tell you, but, uh, but it's, it's amazing to be able to, uh, like I said, you know, who, who knew from that one paragraph that we want, he's a robot, but we, we don't want him to sound robotic. We want him to have a personality. I'm like, geez, I don't know. And I, I started talking like this with my head going back and forth. Instead of saying aren't, I would say are not. Ratchet, we must find Captain Core quickly. And and it just, I think I have neck problems because of because of Clank. But I will I will happily, you know, hire the uh, the masseuse once in a while to get dig in there. Neck is Clank. I was gonna I was gonna say good yeah. good goodness. I mean, they make bolts for that for that kind oh, of stuff. Yes, but it's it's incredible. Who you know? I remember talking to the Sony executive after a big dinner before the movie premiered back in 2016 and. I said, so what's next? What are we like? What are you? I know you can't tell me in it, but, but like, what's, what are we headed toward? What's the big next thing? He says, well, he said, immersive technology. And I go, oh yeah, of course. So we're going to have that whole world. I don't know. It's, you know, it's scary at the same time as, or as interesting, but you'll, you'll be immersed in that world. 
you will probably eventually be able to hang out with, right. You know, that's where it's going. That's yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. Um, well, I, I wanted to plug a couple of things for you. Not only do you have your awesome website, which we'll link to people at uh, davidk.com, but, uh, Farzar is going to be debuting here in a few days. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's already on Netflix, right? So, so Farzar is going to be on Netflix here, uh, July 15th. So we're just a few days away. You got to be excited about that. I am. It comes with a warning. It's funny. We, you know, uh, <laughs> if you think they went there, oh yeah, we went there. <laughs> that's my kind of, that's my kind of cartoon. You know, I mean, one of the characters I play, he's probably the smartest of the whole bunch. His name is Clitoris. So I leave it. at that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. I'm so, I cannot wait for this. Uh, and then of course uh, you can check out the trailer for star Wars summer vacation featuring your voice uh, promoting the show. Uh, that is also going to be hitting Disney plus August 5th. And in the meantime, everyone yeah. can enjoy your, your voice uh, promoting star Wars summer vacation streaming soon on Disney plus. The theater near you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, David. Um, uh, parting words. Uh, yeah. Got any words of inspiration for uh, any of our listeners who are thinking about uh, a career in voiceover? Um, just to uh, inspire them. Yeah, be curious. Continue to be curious about everything. Um, I, I read as much as you can. Uh, understand your world, and. You know, the pandemic has not done, you know, uh, wonders for travel. And uh, we're afraid of, you know, a lot of things out there. But in order to be a well-rounded person and to bring life and nuance to these characters you're going to be asked to play, the more life experience you have, the more you can influence in, in, in these characters because they are living, breathing human beings with a soul or other beings, but they do have a soul, a heartbeat and whatever. So that's your goal is to to uh, become a well-rounded person and, and understand your world around you because that influences what you bring to the table. That's where all the nuance comes from. Wow. Well, David, that that is great advice. And we certainly thank you for being uh, on the Skull Rock podcast with us. And we look forward to having you back in the future. I'm in. Thank you, guys. It was, that was fun. Thank you. <laughs> your attention, please. Now loading on track number one. For a trip around Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom. Skull Rock Podcast. All aboard. Your Main Street to the world of Disney. Wow, that was fun. David Kay supplying the voices for everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, really terrific. I love talking to these voice actors because they have such diverse backgrounds, you know? Yeah, he and, really does. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, he's got a great radio voice, you know, so it's no surprise that he started out in radio. Uh, but segued into doing all this voiceover and character work. You know, I, I just, uh, it, it was just fantastic listening to his stories. You know, I, I just love the fact that he is devoted so much time and effort into the art, much like you, Dave. I mean, to, to really succeed in, in the business. Yes, you can, you can be, you know, this person that just happens to do this, but those those people just happen to be flashes in the pan a lot of the times when you really work hard and you devote time to the art form and learn everything you can, that's where you reach true success and one that will last, you know, will have a very outstanding career, much like yourself. It's, you know, these things and these disciplines, these art forms, voiceover, uh, working in animation and film, you know, um, in radio, you have to be really, really good at it to have a sustained career in it. 
Oh, not not only that, but uh, but also to to be able to uh, see the changes coming down the road, to be able to evolve your career and and, and you know, bob and weave, as it were, uh, to the changes. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're going to see Airshim uh, rear his his big head uh, in future Eternals and Marvel projects. So maybe we'll hear from him again. I'm sure we will. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. But really terrific interview. And I'm glad we had him on. 100%. And once again, everybody, it's so glad that you have tagged along for the ride. Once again, loving Disney and pop culture. Be sure to send us those emails, Dave or Al John at SkullRockPodcast.com. You can also check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget, we're on you know, Apple podcast and anchor Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio sorcerer radio network and tuned in and uh, live 365. I mean, the, the list goes on and on stitcher radio. Be sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we post things there all the time. So uh, be sure you check it out. And we would definitely love to hear from you. There's also a listener feedback in the show notes. There's a number you can call and you can actually send us your voicemails. I'd like to encourage that because we want to hear from you, not only in email form, but also your voice so we can play it on a future episode. Um, I also like to thank our listeners and our shout outs and uh, thank Sure Microphones as well. Going to drop them a little little plug as well. Dave? Absolutely, yeah. because you sound extraordinary. Oh, thanks. With sure Dave. Microphones. We sound amazing. It's so good. You really do. Thank you so uh, much. <laughs> well, as always, everybody, peace and love. Uh, go out and have a fantastic uh, week. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, stop by at davidbossert.com. Uh, you can see some of my artwork uh, that just got put up on the site. Uh, and uh, also a bunch of uh, animation articles that I've written over the years. If, if you're interested, uh, it's all no charge, obviously. Uh, and it's all available for those interested in animation and Disney history and all of that. Uh, go out, have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week on the Skull Rock Podcast. What's going on? It's Al John and Kristen here. Summer's in full swing. The travel guru herself has got an awesome travel deal for you to kick things off. Kristen, tell us all about it. So those of you California residents, there is a special ticket offer just for you. You can purchase a three-day ticket with admission to one park per day for as low as $83 per day. What? This deal is good now through September 15th of 2022. Nice. And for all your cruising needs, any cruise line, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, or even Universal theme parks here in the States, where can people email you for their free quote and have you book their next vacation? At themeparksandcruises at gmail.com. Skull Rock Podcast is made possible by listeners like you. We'd love to thank Charles, Lindsay, Spencer, and Joshua. To support this podcast to sustain future episodes, visit anchor.fm forward slash Skull Rock Podcast.